Now, as I mentioned many years ago, I met Phil and Rhonda. They were speaking at a camp, and we had just been back from Bolivia a couple of years and got to know them as they were ministering at the camp. And uh, we've had uh, this ongoing time where we see each other sometimes every year or every couple times a year, and then sometimes several years go by, and yet they haven't changed a bit. They still look awesome. They still sing wonderfully, and uh, you're in for a really great treat. They just love the Lord. <clears throat> they love to make sure people hear the gospel through all of the things that they're involved in. It's not just singing. There's a whole bunch. So anyway, please welcome Phil and Rana. We love Mark and Carol, but they're, they're a little bit more serious than we are. So uh, we'll, we'll try not to ruin things this morning, but uh, my, my uh, verses in the Bible that really speak to me, Philippians 4.4, 4. do you guys know what that one is? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say rejoice. Do you know what the second fruit of the Spirit is in Galatians chapter 5? Joy! And so I'm all about the joy. Uh, if I can make somebody laugh or cheer them up, that's what I want to do. They used to say my dad was kind of a, a preacher that would do the silliest things. Because he loved for people to be happy. And he became a preacher because he figured the way to make somebody happy eternally is to tell them about Jesus Get them to go to heaven, and there's nothing like the eternal happiness they'll have in His presence. So I don't know what kind of week you've had, but I know God's good. There you go. God is good. And then if you go to the prison outside of Indianapolis, they'll say, and then some. You know, they say, God is good all the time, and then they say, and then some. Okay, okay, God is good. Yeah, you got to do it with, you know, some, no, oh, get some into it. And then some. Okay, God is good. All the time. Yeah, see, now that's what it's like. Anytime we would go to sing at prison, it was the hardest day you can imagine. I mean, we'd worked really hard that day. I was working full time at the Christian radio station. Oftentimes we'd have some projects to do at home. We'd look at our watches and we'd say, it's time to go to the prison. But we'd say, man, I'm so tired. And it's hard to go through security and they check everything. And you, oh, they have to have a list of everything that you're bringing in. And you got to carry it all by hand because you go, oh, I'm so tired. And then you get in there. And these men, the Bible says, He who the Son sets free is free indeed. These men who are set free in Christ, they're ready to have church. And when people are ready to have church, and you're a preacher, or you're a gospel singer, or you're an evangelist, boy, that's fun. Boy, that charges your... It doesn't matter how tired you were because the Spirit of God... I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. Spirit of God comes in and you become a holy dynamo. And, and my goodness, I love it. God is good. All the time. Yeah! See, it's, just, it's awesome. Yeah, so uh, since we know God is good... I, Mark reminded me of this last night when we were, ha- we were breaking bread together. We had pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I like that breaking bread. That is really good. The other is real more significant, but boy, the pizza breaking bread, that is awesome. I like that a lot. Uh, but he reminded me, when we would go to the village in Bangladesh, 
It didn't matter how long it took to get there. Typically, it was a full day to get to the village over several ferries, driving like people at the Indianapolis 500, getting around vehicles, just, I mean, dodging chickens and, and, and beef and, you know, water buffalo and kids and everything, just driving like crazy to get to the next ferry. They're called ferry. cows until you're ready to eat them. Is that what they call them? Yeah, They're okay. Not beef, Did yeah. I call them something not, else? You said Did beef. I say beef? You said beef. Hey, you never know what I'm going to say. He's always thinking of eating. Yeah. So. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we are going to sing. Uh, but uh, I wanted to set this up real quick because I want you guys to sing again. And the praise band was awesome. The decorations in here are awesome. Everything about your church is awesome. You guys are awesome. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, hey, you're pretty awesome. Could you do that? You are just the most awesome person. Yeah. But he reminded me when we'd go to the village, Akish would say, we can start whenever you want to. Uh, it doesn't matter. And then, then they'd show up at your door at about four or five o'clock in the morning. You guys, you guys ready to start? <laughs> and, uh, most of the time when we were in the village, we'd be awakened by the school children who would come over and sing to us. And I'll never forget, because our bedrooms were upstairs in this two-story building, and the little kids outside were singing, God is so good, God is so good, God is so good, He's so good to me. And you guys sing that with us, hand motions, God, He's up there, God, and this is good. I hope that's still good. Is this still good? I mean, young people, is that okay? Because everything we used to do when we were old is not right anymore, so I'm not sure. But God is so good, okay? But God, God. and do it with the accent, too, because it's more fun. Okay, you ready? God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. Okay, his second verse. He took my sins. He took my sins. He took my sins. He's so good to me. Now you need some wings, man, for the last verse. Okay, you ready? Now I am free. Now I am free. Now I am free. He's so good to me. And even when it's four or five o'clock in the morning and you have a bunch of little kids outside singing about the goodness of God, I am not a morning person. Can I get an amen? Uh, you can't even give me coffee and get me going in the morning. I am not a morning person. I got up pretty good today because I'm on Indiana time, but I am not a morning person. Uh, but when those little kids down there singing, God's so good, he's good to me. I'm thinking, yeah, boy, I'm only here for a short period of time. I'm going to get up and enjoy this day in the Lord. And I'm going to enjoy being around these people. And that's a missionary heart, yeah. So God is so good. Why don't we sing about, why don't you do that first song since we're supposed to sing. That's what we're supposed to do, I think, right? Ooh, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, O Lord Almighty. My soul longs even faints for you, O Lord Almighty. My heart and my flesh cry out to you, O Lord Almighty. Walking in the joy of knowing you've prepared a place for us, knowing you will meet us there is all the strength we need to keep on walking, walking, walking. walking. 
true strength is in you. Oh, Lord Almighty. Who has set their hearts on following you. Oh, Lord Almighty. They walk through the valley of weeping and joy. Oh, Lord Almighty. Till they appear before your throne. Oh, Lord Almighty. Walking in the joy of knowing you've prepared this for us. Knowing you will meet us there is all the strength we need to keep on walking. Sometimes it might seem like you're in a battle, but I know if you're on God's side, you're always on the winning side. So don't be a defeatist in the midst of the battle, or if you're looking towards the battle, don't be a defeatist and say, there's just no way I can win, because when you put your life in God's hands, you're more than overcomers. Isn't that right? More than overcomers. So don't be a defeatist. Uh, that's the first thing Satan will get you to do, isn't it? Kind of second-guess yourself or just second-guess the situation and say, Oh, this, have you ever, you know, this is stupid to say to yourself, but have you ever said, Well, this is just too hard for God? <laughs> In essence, that's what you're saying. If, if you're doing something Lord's encouraged you to do, and you say, Oh, this is this, awfully hard. I don't know if God can do this. That's why it's awfully good to read your Bible, isn't it? And do you remember the story about the walls of Jericho? You guys remember that one? Let's see if you remember this song. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the Now, how many times has somebody looked at them walls and said, there's no way they're coming down? I've seen the Great Wall of China. And some say it's about the same size as the walls of Jericho, maybe 30 foot high, 30 foot wide, big enough that horses and chariots could go across the top up. At least that's what Carmen used to say in his song. But uh, we thought we did, we're working on a new album. Our goal is to have it done before Jesus comes back. So that's what we're working on. But this is uh, it's called Jericho. And you guys know it already. You can sing as much as you want. It kind of reminds me of a lad, you know that. Up to the walls of Jericho with a sword drawn in his hand. 
Go blow those horns at Joshua. The battle is in God's hands. Harmony and trust with the battle of Jericho. 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 Just with the battle of Jericho. And the walls come a tumbling down. Hallelujah. Just with the battle of Jericho. 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 Just with the battle of Jericho. And the walls come a tumbling down. Then the ram horns, they began to blow. The trumpets began to sound. Then Joshua shouted, Glory! The walls came a tumbling down. Hallelujah, Joshua, the battle of Jericho. Jericho, Jericho, Joshua, the battle of Jericho. And the walls come a tumbling down. Hallelujah, Joshua, the battle of Jericho. Jericho, Jericho, Joshua, the battle of Jericho. And the walls come a tumbling down. And the walls come a tumbling down. And the walls are going to be Amen. Yeah. Now, somebody tell me a story from the Bible where it looked like it was an impossible situation. Anybody got one of those? It looks like things were tough. There's no way. Anybody know anything about Paul and Silas? I'm just tuning. I'm, I'm killing time. Rhonda, you, you, you see if anybody's got okay. a story out there. Anybody got a story? How about Esther? Let's see. What else? David and Goliath. There you go. Shatter. Yep. That's right. You got one back here? David and Goliath. Woo. That's not fight. You're fighting with me. <laughs> it's like that guitar we bought Mark in Burma. It just don't want to do it. Come on. <laughs> Several of them have been to Frankfurt camp because yeah, I'm looking around and I'm Frankfurt seeing camp. people I remember yep, from the camp. That's days, right. Yeah. We appreciate that. Uh, in Burma, about uh, last February, there was a military coup. They took over the country, ran out the uh, the government that was there. So now it's a military rule. Um, you've seen some things in the news about it. Maybe months ago, they're not saying much about it now, although the situation is getting worse and worse every day. Uh, but we're not seeing a lot about it. But there's a young lady, her name's Daisy, and we spent quite a lot of time with Daisy, didn't we? We were helping her. Uh, she's a beautiful singer, led music, led worship, and um, just a, a wonderful young Christian lady. And um, she has just been abducted by the military there. She, along with about, was it five other girls, I think? Five or six, maybe, other girls with her were taken. And in that country, that's a, a horrible, horrible thing. Um, and so that's one of those things that looks like a real impossibility right now. But we are praying specifically for her release. And so if you guys would join us in that and pray that Daisy and those other girls would be released from the military and they'd be released yeah. unharmed. And um, so uh, just give you that little prayer request because all those stories that we just mentioned, those were all things equally as impossible. And yet God came through and he answered. And we're just believing that he's going to do that for Daisy and for those girls. 
Um, the church there has really been suffering this past year. And a lot of, especially, I'm seeing so many young people here, maybe college age, high school or college age. And it seems to be those that age group and those students that are the ones that are standing up against what's wrong and really taking, taking action. And they're paying a price for what they believe in. And so we need to really support them in prayer. And um, and so just remember Daisy, if you don't mind, just maybe write it down and just remember Daisy and just pray that the Lord will release them uh, from that bondage. And we just going to believe he is, and we'll let you know when he does, won't we, Bill? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are keeping up on it too, so... So, okay. Fire up a great I am. We wrote this okay. song this past year and uh, just talks about some of the stories you guys just listed. So go ahead, Rhonda. See if my guitar is. When Daniel saw the lions, I'm sure that they looked hungry. His future sure looked hopeless No chance for victory Till he prayed to heaven To the Lord God on high The lines were tamed He was set free Here was his cry He's a great I am He's a great I am All in silence they were Locked up in prison, there was no one to help them. No way they would see their freedom till they lifted their praises to the Lord God on high. The earth did quake, they were set free. Here was their cry, He's a great I am. Pakistan that's staying at our camp right now. He's an evangelist, a traveling evangelist, I would say. He's been all over the world. Um, and he's bold. He is very, he is very bold, bold in his faith. Actually, we didn't know people that knew him from his home country that had been on the mission field with him there. But they said when they saw him at our camp, they said, "Oh, that is a bold proclaimer of Christ." He said, there's a bunch of Muslims that would like for him to be dead. 
He says, he's, he's in your camp? And we said, yeah. And then, and then they said, and they, don't put it, don't put your name on Facebook. Yeah, don't, 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 don't put it on Facebook because they'll find them, and you might find a few bombs in your camp. So be careful. Yeah, be careful. But um, he, the Lord brought him there, and um, at a really interesting time because in Indianapolis right now we have over seven thousand Afghan refugees at uh, Camp Atterbury there. And they were, were brought in during the evacuation there. And so they're there being processed. And he just happens to speak their language. And um, they put out a notice that they needed baby formula and some warm clothing for them for the winter and some of those things. And our ministry does a lot of that kind of thing. And we had just received a donation of several thousand um, cans of Infamil baby formula (laughs) that we wondered what we were going to do with. You know how that goes. And then we hear that they needed baby formula there. And so that became the open door for him to take our box truck, take all this baby formula, and go to Camp Atterbury, and he's been in now, what, five or six times over the last few weeks and been able to go in and minister in Camp Atterbury to the Afghan refugees. And so um, we're just really thankful for that. He's uh, uh, he's, He is very bold. He shares the gospel everywhere he goes, and he challenges everyone he meets to share the gospel. And he'll say to us, okay, so who's going to commit to share the gospel with somebody tomorrow? Right, right. And he'll just sit there. Who? 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 You know, and he's like, you're like, mm, you know. <laughs> and so. He, Maybe we should do that now. Who's going to commit <laughs> to share the gospel with someone tomorrow? Oh, that, that, yes, I see one there. Yeah, there's one right will. there. Yeah. That's right. That's, that's cool. It's our young kids. Yeah. Because our friend then, uh, Tempe said, his pastor said, Everyone in church, he says, everybody in this church, I want everyone in here to witness to at least five people a day. Mm-hmm. Witness to at least five people a day. And I read one of those uh, books that tells illustrations, and it talks about the number of people that share Christ with somebody else. For a lot of people, it was maybe two times in a lifetime. In a lifetime. Only two times... In 70, 80 years that they've shared Christ with somebody. So I, the hands that I saw go up were pretty young people. Yeah. You get started young. You just yeah. you just tell so, people about the experience you have with Jesus. Transformational. Right. And uh, it's kind of neat to see what God so can Kashif do in their So has been yeah. going to the Colts football games, but he doesn't go inside. He stands outside the stadium on the street corner and has a little portable mic and he preaches. And he said, the first night I went down there, he said, the line was coming right in front of me where I set up and I was all ready. And he said, I started telling them, Jesus loves you. And he said, the line went across the street and down the other side. (laughs) He said, they just kind of walked away from me. So he said, I hollered at him. I said, my name is Kashif. I'm from Pakistan. I eat camels and he said they started laughing and he said after they started laughing he said like this he said they started coming back over and he was able to share the gospel with them but sometimes you know we think it's impossible we think these things are so impossible but people are actually hungry and the first night he came home he said six people prayed to accept the lord 
yeah. at a Colts game. Yeah. So we need to, we really need to pray and ask God for creative ways to share the gospel because people are a little bit afraid right now in, in, in our country of a lot of things. And those are times, many times when they're actually seeking spiritually and they're looking for the truth. And so we can, we can share the gospel. It's okay. The worst that's going to happen to us is maybe a little bit of embarrassment. In other countries, it could cost them their life. And Kashif has been in, in prison before. He's been in jail before for doing that in other countries. We were arrested in China for sharing the gospel. Many people have had to pay a price for sharing the gospel. But it is so worth it. And here in this country, we have the freedom to do that, and we really should. They just need to know somebody loves them enough that he would die for them and to really see that I mean the, the words sometimes have been said so many times they ring hollow but just if they really knew somebody loved them enough that they would die for them they start to begin to understand just who Jesus is that's one reason you're in church this morning the blinders were taken off you're able to see there was somebody that loved you enough he'd die for you which gives a lot of motivation for you to want to live for him can I get an amen yeah just how deep the Father's love. Dying breath has brought me life. 
Chain of love end with you. 
on that evening Waitress crawled into bed Thinking about the money What the lady's note had said She saw her husband sleeping As she whispered soft and low Everything's gonna be alright I love you, Joe I'll do a couple Christmas songs. Is that okay? Sanctuary looks nice, and uh, we'll do a couple Christmas, and then we all be getting pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell them real quick. You mentioned this a while ago. You wanted me to tell this, I think. I think you mentioned it. Um, I, ca- I had gone to the pet store. Is this right? This is what you want me to tell them? That would be, that'd be just fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think that's what you said. I had gone to the pet store to get something for our little puppy dog. And I, we've got a border collie. Anybody have a border collie? You ever have a border collie? Boy, and our border collie loves to play Ooh, energy, ball. Do you know energy, we energy. Oh my goodness, they yeah, are. Yeah, they, they are, are intense. crazy. But lo- loving dog, great yeah. dog. Yeah, and uh, but I have, I, Phil and I have traveled a lot together around the world. But I've also traveled alone a fair amount, taken ladies groups into different countries and and gone in, taking Bibles in and things, you know. And so sometimes people say, oh, you must be really brave. Well, I'm really not very brave. I just know if God's called me to do it, that he's with me. So that's okay. God has not always called me to go to the grocery store by myself at night and things like that. So he's supposed to go with me to those things. You well, know? It's, it's dangerous um, out there. It is yeah. dangerous. Some places, parking lots, I don't like parking lots. They public. always say uh, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. And, and talking about fear in America, uh, Aunt Shar got us a booking one time in Cabrini Green, south side of Chicago. When we were going to church that morning, the uh, a policeman stopped us. I had not broken in. I had not broken. Breaking that was a really bad one. I had not broken any laws. And he stopped us and he said, "Do you know where you are?" And I said, "Well, we think we know where we, where we are." And he said, "Well, if you don't know." Where you are and you look like you do, you don't want to be in this neighborhood. And we said, oh, well, we said we're supposed to sing at a church. And he said, well, yeah, that's in this neighborhood. We told him the name of the church. We got to the church, had a big iron door, and it had two big guys, bigger than Mark, bigger than me, that stood by the door to make sure the right people came into church. I don't know. That's kind of funny to have the right, you know, just to have people. But the, the pastor had been shot three times. They'd shot the pastor three times. Now, I know sometimes if Mark goes a little bit long, you might just try to wing him, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't really shoot him, would you? I mean, just maybe just a warning shot, you know, that, that was a, maybe a pellet gun or something, but yeah, they'd shot the pastor three times. And we're looking at each other. Who got this booking for us? Oh, Char! Char! I thought she liked us. She wanted to get us killed. We thought for sure we'd come out and our, and our vehicle would be on cinder blocks with no tires. That's the way it felt. And they said, oh, you're lucky that you're here on a Sunday morning when the gangs have called a truce. They'd called a truce because they'd shot some kids in the playground across the street from the church. So they called a truce. And that is, that's America. Overseas, I'm sure we're in the same type of dangerous situations, but we don't know. Yeah, ignorance is bliss. I remember Mark looking at us when we were in Bangladesh, and he says, 
this is dangerous. We're <laughs> stupid enough we don't realize. Yeah, but go ahead. Tell your story. Yeah. <laughs> Yours is better than mine. Go ahead. I don't know yeah. about that. I don't know about that. So anyway, so I went to the pet shop by myself. It was during the day, so I thought that will be fine. But when I came out of the pet store, there was a lady standing beside my car, and she looked really pretty, pretty rough. And um, I mean, as in chains from the nose to the ears and chains everywhere and tattooed face and neck and arms and the whole works. And she was standing right by my car and I started to turn around and go back in. I thought, oh, she'll leave in a minute. And the Lord said, what's wrong with you? Go out there, you know. And I'm like... So I'm like, okay, Lord, okay, I'll go. So I, I went on out. I had She was like right between her car and my car, and I had to say excuse me to get around to get to my car door. And I noticed she had a little dog there, and I said, oh, your dog's so cute, you know, and I'm just trying to hurry up, get in my car. And so we talked for just a second, and I got in my car, and I backed out, and I thought, Phew, I made it. And then the Lord said to me, you know how the Lord speaks to you. He doesn't speak out loud. It's just that knowing in your heart that the Lord's wanting you to do something. And I'm like, I, I didn't hear any audible voice or anything. I just looked up and I said, are you kidding me? You know, <laughs> Somebody that day had given me a $100 bill and said, here, I just want, I just want to bless you with this. And, I, and the Lord wanted me to give it to that girl. I didn't mind giving her the hundred dollars. I just didn't. I thought I had escaped it and I just didn't want to get out and and have to go confront her again. And so I'm like, okay, okay, I've learned better than to argue with you. I put the car in park in the lane. I didn't park it again because I thought that gives me excuse to have to go real quick. You know how we are. And um, so I know none of you are that way. You just 100 percent, whatever the Lord says you do. But I sometimes I kind of try to to, you know, shorten it up a little bit. And so I got out of the car. I went over to her. I said, excuse me, excuse me. And uh, I, I just reached my hand out and I said, the Lord wants you to have this. And she, she took it from me, and she looked at it, and she just started crying like a baby. And she reached out and embraced me with both arms and stood there and cried and cried and cried. And she said, you have no idea how much my husband and I need this. And I felt about this high, you know. <laughs> and I said, I'm so sorry. I said, but God knew you needed it, and that's what's important. I said, he, I, I don't have any idea, but I said, he made it very clear to me that you needed this. So he has not forgotten you, and he loves you, and he's got your back. And she hugged me again three or four times and just wiping the tears and wiping the tears. And I thought, how many blessings have we missed and have other people missed because of our disobedience you know, our pride, our disobedience, our fear, whatever it may be. And yet, you know, God wants to use us. And what a privilege it is when he does use us. It's such a privilege and such a blessing to us. Yeah. I was trying to think what song goes good with Well, that, that was coming out of, of uh, oh, Chain of Love. Chain of Love, I knew and that. And then we had that other story in between. Yeah. Yeah, that's where that was. You want to do that song you wrote? <laughs> you want to do that one? No. I don't care. Let's do this one. Let's do this one. They just want to hear a good Christmas song. Okay. So, um. Well, then somebody else will have to say it. Here we go. Now, this 
this is a sing-along, so enjoy yourself. One more. Does that work okay, Mark? One more. And uh, this is a recitation we wrote 30 years ago. Boy, I, it's hard to count. My, one, two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been a while. I mean, it's closer to 40 years ago. That's wild, isn't it? You're still pretty. Okay, yeah, maybe 30. Okay. Uh, we were. It was early in our married life, and we were looking at a book of Christmas traditions because early in your life together as a family. You want to, you know, have some traditions. Uh, We collected nativity scenes for quite a while until we ran out of places to storm away. You know, when Christmas is over, you got to put it away. I mean, uh, some of them still are displayed because we didn't have places to put them away. But we had a bunch of nativity sets. Uh, And then one tradition was at your Christmas dinner table, you would set one empty seat to signify you wanted Jesus to be part of your family gathering. And that was a Scandinavian uh, tradition. And we thought, well, that's pretty awesome. Let's do that. And so we had our family come over, and we had the, the place of honor, the one empty seat set for Jesus. And just as we're getting ready to begin eating, there's a knock at the door. And it's a young single friend of ours who really didn't have too many places that she felt at home She felt at home in our house, and so she just would drop by quite often. And when we opened the door and we saw it was her, we said, Hey, we're just getting ready to eat. And she's, and you know, she's, you know, people are always, Oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I am so sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm sorry. We said, It's fine. We said, We've already got a place prepared for you. We had the glass set there. We had the plate. We had the silverware. said, come in and join us. We've got a place set aside just for you. And when she sat down in that chair, it reminded us that that year she'd given her life to Christ. 
And the Bible says, do you not realize your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God? You're not your own. And so when our friend Sharon sat down in that chair, in Jesus' chair, Jesus uh, sat down right there with her, you know, right there with her, constant friend. And uh, there are quite a few other, we'll go ahead and start it, Ron. There are quite a few other things that went into the writing of the song. But just the premise is, make sure you always make room for Jesus. No matter how busy your life gets, make sure you leave room for Him. And it's always interesting to see how He might fill those opportunities you give Him. So there's just one empty seat. frosty winter's night the weary traveler made his flight through the deep and sparkling Christmas snow to the warmth of a distant candle glow inside that house so far away grandpa built the fire while the children played grandma was fixing her best recipes for this grand celebration on Christmas Eve Mother set the table in the traditional way With one empty seat for Jesus In honor of his birthday When the dinner bell rang They all took their place Held hands and waited for dad to say grace Well just as he opened his mouth to begin There was a knock at the door That startled all of them It was a beggar man with worn out clothes And dirty hands My name's Oscar, he said with a smile. You mind if I come in and warm up a while? Well, certainly, said Dad. It's Christmas Eve, after all. Come on in. Just down the hall, you can wash your hands before we eat. We just happen to have one empty seat. Well, Oscar ate, and he ate, and he ate some more. He ate like he'd never eaten before. Oh, that home cooking really hit the spot. I don't often get a meal that's hot. The Christmas tree in the living room was glowing softly tonight. Underneath it were gifts of love for every family member in sight. Well, noticing that Oscar would be left out, no one noticed the little boy as he slipped out. He was rewrapping his brand new hat and gloves when Grandpa stepped behind him and gave him a hug. Don't you think this new coat might fit Oscar just right? I tried it on, but it's a little too tight. Well, little by little, the box was filled with brand new clothes for Oscar from his head to his heels. Mom tied it up with ribbons and bows, put it on the floor beneath the Christmas tree's glow. For me, Oscar said with a quivering smile as a tear made its way to the floor. A brand new hat and coat and gloves. I've never had anything new before. God bless you all, Oscar said with a grin as he started out into the night. Thanks to you folks, even though it's cold, I know I'll be all right. Now the righteous will stand at the king's right hand as he gives their inheritance to them. Because in his hour of greatest need, they had ministered to him. When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you helped me. You took me in off the street. And then the king replied to the righteous, 
as they stand around his throne. Don't you remember that night long, long ago? The snow was deep, the night air was cold on that special Christmas Eve when I came to your house as a stranger and I filled your one empty seat. Christ of Christmas give you peace that passes all understanding. May he challenge you with the joy that can come to a life of service. Sometimes people have the perception that if I'm being served, there's more joy. But truly, when you're in service to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, there's no greater joy than that. And those who found ways to serve him have found that true. Uh, When you live for others, it expands the life. When you live for self, it contracts. And I'd like to see your lives expanded. And it's kind of neat to see what God can do with the life yielded to him. So God bless you guys. Uh, I wish you lived a little bit closer. But uh, (laughs) it was sure nice to be with you once again. And you guys always treat us great. Of course, we love Mark and Carol. And have a very blessed holiday season, Thanksgiving and Christmas. From the Foley's, from, uh, from Hoosiers, from... Indiana. Anybody here from Indiana? Any like? There's never, never anybody. Okay. God bless you guys.